It's funny how a memory and a song sparks a time that your friends were alive. I was in a tool group and they were talking about how some of the tool songs are about anal sex. Although that could be everyone's interpretation or just a joke. And it made me think of my late friend, Amanda Lukasiewicz. Amanda K. Lukasiewicz. And she loved Tool. We would spend most of our time trying to dissect Tool songs. What is that? What is this one about? And I'll never forget, we were in the courtyard with other people and we were talking about Tool songs. And Amanda says very loudly, oh my God, I love prison sex. And the founder of the college was there and heard us and looked at us. And she and I started hysterically laughing. Okay. So music, music really does bring about a vibe. Memories, like the corners of my mind. Don't worry, I won't start singing Streisand. <laughs> I respect her. Anyway, so yeah, tonight's Dr. Zeus film, film podcast is all about memories. Last night we channeled Ewan McGregor. And the memories of the 90s. The 90s were a very interesting time. I always talk about them fondly. Yes, high school sucked. Or as he said in the Rules of Attraction, it sucks cock. And it did. It sucked cock. Not in a good way. Um, and then the other day I heard a song and it made me think of high school. I, I, I've always loved Tina Turner. And I always love that song, Steamy Windows. And I was talking about it one time, and I was listening to it, and this dude who loved country music um, says, oh, that's a country song. And I said, well, Tina Turner did it. And he said, oh, the country artist did it first. And me being smart, I said, uh, when did the country artist release this? Oh, in the 90s. I said, well, she did Steamy Windows in the 80s. Uh, that's a lie. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. So music can spark good memories and very fucked up ones. So stay tuned, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We're going to have some fun remembering. The 90s were a very interesting kind of time. You could stand outside of the fire while still smelling like teen spirit, but try walking in my shoes because I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one's hailing a taxi cab. But hey, later on that day, my homie Dr. Dre came through with an ass of Ganga Tangerine, some fat ass Jane, and some bubonic um, dank that made me choke shit. It was a... Uh, It was an intergalactic planetary kind of time. But hey, California love, I ain't mad at you. How do you want it? Yeah. Or my favorite from that, though, with Tupac was, you know, revenge is like the sweetest thing next to getting pussy. (laughs) And people are singing that and half of them have never had sex. They don't even know what he's talking about. They're just like, oh, you mean? box that's if you had watched the exorcist and the box yeah oh my god there were a lot of comebacks you know do you believe yeah i love Cher. come on come on that was the comeback that she needed she never really went away but you know you think about if i could turn back time and that's bill clinton's favorite song (laughs) it was a very eclectic Constant craving, achy, breaky heart, rebirth of the slick. But if I ever lose my faith in you, Madonna, you've got a secret. Yeah. Kind of time. Was. Isn't it ironic, 1979? But it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. See, you could talk about that and just, I mean, it's, you know, don't worry. I'm not going to quote any Shania Twain. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. 
Well, I, I mean, I could, you know. Okay. So you're Donald Trump. That don't impress me much. Yeah, she might have voted for him. But anyway, fuck her. <laughs> Let's just throw it away. Let's just keep it there. When I listen to certain records or watch movies like we talked about Ewan McGregor and how from 94 to think about that to 99, 94, Shallow Grave, 96, uh, Train Spotting. What was the other one? Um, and, and of course, oh, a life, a life less ordinary. Hello, 97. I love a lot. I love a life less ordinary. Him and Cameron Diaz. Come on. And then, and then something happens, and that Gladys Knight song starts playing. If I was your woman, if you were, if I, you were my man, yeah. And and then, of course, 1999, the Phantom Menace. He becomes Obi Wan Kenobi, and it brings back so many memories. And that's what these albums do. And I was thinking about Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill." I remember the first time I heard that song. You ought to know. I remember the first time I saw the video for Hand in My Pocket. And it was so hypnotic. And I thought, whoa. And then Ironic comes out and you're like, what the fuck? She really did that to people in terms of what the who the fuck is that? Everyone was saying that. Not just the teenagers, but even the adults were like. Whoa! And then Courtney Love. I love what Courtney Love said about her because you know Courtney Love. Uh, oh, <laughs> let let's go to that because it's all about the '90s. If you were there, you had to be there. Just had to be there. It it was it was a magical time, and yeah. This really solidifies Madonna and how her her power was starting to dwindle. And who upstages her? None other than Courtney Love. This is this is a classic moment and I want to highlight this if we can so boldly. Somebody told me this is the first, like, real video award you've won. Is this true? Stop. We were talking. Oh, yeah. Stop. Well, don't you hear? No, you're organized. I know. No spot in A, please. Okay. Okay. So, somebody told me this is the first, like, real video award you've won. That's remarkable. Is that true? I mean, you've gotten technical awards before, is it? I, I think I got a Vanguard award. I think I got some technical awards. Yeah, this is, yeah. But this is like finally the love of the crowd finally coming through for Finally giving it up to me. What are you going to do with it? Um, I'll probably put it in the closet somewhere. <laughs> Your best closet, <laughs> I know. I'm going to go with some stuff in my apartment, so. Oh, yeah, I exactly. It will go sure in my closet of cherished things. So. <laughs> I, I don't have any of my gold records on the walls either. Really? No, it's not my style. Wow. What is your style? Picasso. Oh, Richet. that would be very different. You okay. know, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> the, uh, you got, you're going to go over and record the Adidas soundtrack soon. With, right. Who's producing it? Um, who's producing the record? Mm-hmm. I guess Andrew Lloyd Webber and the director, Alan Parker. Oh. So um, we tried to get some other people involved, um, like Nellie Hooper, for instance, maybe yeah. David Foster, possibly Emilio Estefan and some of the Latin stuff. I think yeah. it's going to be a, a real hodgepodge of people. Yeah. You made a great point tonight. I mean, I talked to Dr. Dre before about the fact that Time Warner makes like $30 million a year off these records, and then when some politician attacks them, they don't even back up their artists. Yeah, and it's really sickening, I have to say. And you have some relationship with them. Do you have any power over these people? I mean, hey, all I can do is, you know have meetings with Michael Fuse to give him, you know, my point of view. I mean, I, I don't, I am not so sensitive in any way, shape, or form, as you know, and I think it's um, a pretty bad state of affairs when government tries to get involved with something like that. Yeah. I see, yeah. Uh, you have an album of, album of ballads coming out, right? Yeah. 
kind of a kind of a Something smoochy. Something to remember. Yeah. <laughs> smoochy thing. Something to you know what to. <laughs> Does this reflect the new smoochiness in your life, or? You may say it's um. Here it comes. But it's um. It's also. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. <laughs> That's Courtney, everybody's favorite. Come on up. <laughs> Can you let us come up? Yeah. No, don't, please. Come on, Courtney. Come on up. Courtney's coming up. Well, come up. Courtney, love, is in, deep, in dire need of attention right now. It's... She's throwing her compact at me. That's when Madonna gets British and says dire. Hi. Good. <laughs> What's she doing? I'm not fully interrupting. No, no, no. Uh, we have some questions for you. Yeah. Look at Madonna Karen. Look at my. I'm interrupting you. You know, you guys are in a seat. I'm spicy. I, I, I don't mean like, you know. Bum, 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 you know. This is first encounter? Thing, you know. No, no, no. We no, we're going to encounter. I disagree with the A&R guy a bit. But Alanis, here's some pipes. Here's some pipes. She mentions Alanis Morissette. Oh, my God. Talking <laughs> to the big ice cream. Yes, she's amazing. Sorry, I'm self of you. What? Yeah, I was sorry. in a bad mood. <laughs> but you said something mean about me that day. Uh, I'm ready now. Come on, let's get it all out. Have you been following? Courtney's I think career? you should come in here too. Tabitha. So we'll talk about that. Get everybody in here. 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 Get everybody Oh, it's, it's I like saw the rehearsal though. I was we had we had our Maverick. You know, I was um yeah. dragged being dragged through the labyrinth of labyrinth, another British term. Called Dennis Miller to tone it down for me and Drew. Yeah, not be mean to me and Drew. He's made her. He's made right, I went into his dressing room and hit his blue jeans. So <laughs> you won't be able to find a on him. Why? Well, I lived here and oops. <laughs> And my friend did the sound at SNL, and I go to the green room and like stare at him. Oh, I don't know, because he was funny. I like funny guys that are smart. Me too. Want to have a drink? We'll just all, we'll just all go somewhere and have a drink. <laughs> well, I'm going to get into astrophysicist because this rock star thing is not working out. Well, I think it's doing all right. I mean, and you're, you're I'm you definitely the serious. I'm, I'm so over the rock star thing. But yeah. you don't even do rock stars. And you're like, you dip as You don't do rock stars. Population, right? Yeah. See, it's like working in the hospital and like going out with the ambulance driver. Watch what Madonna says to her. I want to be the top surgeon. Damn it, I want to own the hospital. So, you know, I go out with the other surgeons. They're assholes, right? So, like, maybe I should try a candy striper. I think you should get out of the hospital. No, man. I like it in here. Nice clothes. Good money. <laughs> and a lot of available jobs. Ooh! Hey, yeah, the Elvis, the Elvis doctors. Yeah, right. I know them all. Anyway, so, so I right, who's got, got better shoes? You guys go back. Mine are Gucci. I know they're Gucci. Right. Yes, I mean, and yours are. Mine are made from a baby pony. They suck and they're un That guy, the okay? PETA guy, is not going to like you. They're really un That's really un Okay, that sucks. We can do leather. You cannot do fur. Did you check those Navy hip burgers? Are they good? Are they any good? Yeah. Everything. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Madonna. Thank you, Courtney. I can't make this How would I do that? What would I do exactly? I went to Super Dare with Kurt, and we were leaving, and he goes, Jesus, that's you. My first going house. Really? Yeah, I think it was the line where Warren says, well, what doesn't belong on camera? Right? Madonna's running off. She's going to be going. Thank you very much. No, no, no. I can't place the pig. No, no. Go ahead. Madonna runs off like a chicken. No, I don't want to spin your chair. Well, he's not, it's, like a, it's like a throne. It's a throne. <laughs> well, it's all ended well. I... <gasps> well, well, Courtney. Thank you. Bye-bye. I like a good intense. <laughs> wow. Was I bumming you out? Were you guys, like, talking astrophysics and stuff? Uh, well, Bye, Madonna. Look, did I bum you out? Are you testing me? Oh my God! <laughs>
<laughs> Madonna just can't handle it. Remember, remember, Madonna's cutting edge, but at that moment, she she chickened out. She chickened out. That's the nineties. I'll never forget. I was I was talking about this with some coworkers about I'll never forget that Courtney Love interview with Barbara Walters. And Courtney. First of all, I'd never seen a famous person do this in an interview. She's crying. She's got the... I'd seen them cry. Everyone knows Barbara makes them cry. And Courtney's got the tissue. She stuffs it underneath the cushion. And they showed that. And I thought, whoa, you you wouldn't see Elizabeth Taylor doing that. Or, you know, um, Shania Twain. Uh, another, Another interesting thing happened in the 90s. And this is why I don't have to watch the American crime story because I lived it. One thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. Bill. Oh, Bill. I mean, we know you like saxophones and, you know, you want you want to win the White House. We, we know what happened. We know what happened. I personally didn't care. If he got a blowjob, he got a blowjob. Lewinsky did it, and obviously she did a good job, you know. She, he, did he keep the dress or did she keep the dress? You know what he gave to her, which I always thought was really funny? He gave to her, or he gave her, gave to her. He gave her a Sarah McLaughlin CD surfacing because, you know, the relationship was starting to surface, <laughs> as was the dress. <laughs> oh, God. Put that in plastic. You know what the, uh, the other thing that they had to maintain was Jackie's dress from the assassination. So hopefully they never mix those up. Talk about DNA. You know, you've got JFK's and Jack, you know, Jackie's pillbox dress and or the hat, too. And then Monica's dress. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, uh, he gave her that Sarah McLaughlin CD. Now, there's a song on there called You Do What You Have to Do. That's her favorite song. <laughs> Very telling, huh? Another thing is, allegedly, she was on Larry King at the end of the year in 1999 because she was doing all kinds of interviews, handbags, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could I could say something else with a hand. But um, allegedly, they weren't on air. They were doing a commercial, and Larry King said to her, is there anything about this year that you would have done late differently? Well, Larry, I learned not to put things in my mouth that aren't good for me. <laughs> Allegedly, she said that. That's the 90s right there. I'm not going to talk about the craziness, the Branch Davidian. Maybe we should. Maybe we should because what I'm noticing with society 20-something years later is that you almost 30 years for what happened in Texas, Waco, that you all don't learn from the past. You just don't. You keep fucking it over until it until it stabs you like a, a shark, you know? Until it eats you to pieces. You, and it feeds you that Kool-Aid, okay? That's what you, you all in society just don't know how to move on. And you've got mega hats now and the praying at the polling station. And that's some that's some Kool-Aid shit. That is some David Koresh shit. That really is. You think about it, the 90s were a very kind of, oh my god, it's a cult. And you would have thought from Jonestown, people would have learned their lesson. But people are very gullible. They want to follow. It is a mob rule. We had great music, we had great movies. Well, we had a few great movies. I was the IMBD was they had posted I, I want to talk about this because this is some stupid ass shit what's the best movie from 1999 
Here are the options. Eyes Wide Shut, The Matrix, Fight Club, The Mummy, The Sixth Sense, Office Space, 10 Things I Hate About You. I wouldn't even put that on the list. Girl Interrupted and Notting Hill. Really? You you think Notting Hill is a great movie? Why? Here's my question. This is what I asked. Where's being John Malkovich? Where's Boys Don't Cry? Where's American Beauty? Where's The Side of Our House Rules? And Magnolia. Okay. The 90s. Another thing in the 90s was you had these really great independent films. Independent films that really, oh my God. Mm. Now... You know where I'm going with this. My cousin would love this. We would talk we would sometimes quote this movie. We would quote it. Anytime you put Burt Reynolds in a really good movie and he gets nominated. And Mark Wahlberg, who didn't get nominated, uh, but he did he should have been nominated for best um, prosthetic. Oh my god. This is such a great part. I miss my two sons, you know, I miss my little Andrew and, and my Dirk. You know, I always felt like Dirk was my, my baby, my new baby. Don't you miss Dirk? Yeah. And he's so fucking talented, the bastard. You know, I just... I love him, Roller Girl, you know, I mean, I really love his stupid trick. I love you, Mom. I want you to be my mom, Amber. Are you my mom? Just I'll, I'll Oh, they're fucking coked out. My mom, okay? And, and you say yes, okay? Are you my mom? Yes, buddy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm gonna say something now. Yes. Kim Basinger won the Oscar. We've all seen it. We know what happened. Okay. After watching Boogie Nights, Julianne Moore should have won the Oscar for Amber Waves of Grain. Because those scenes, you just wait for them. You wait for them. She owned that fucking movie. Now, I'm not saying that Kim Basinger didn't. And and Kim Basinger played this Veronica Lake lookalike. And it was great. And it was... You know, it's, it was blondes have all the fun. But what about the redheads? Okay. What about Boogie Nights? What about Julie? I love Julianne Moore. Come on. I always felt she never got the credit that she truly deserved. She finally won the fucking Oscar for... Um, uh, she, I think she was playing a woman who had um, Alzheimer's. Oh, God, here it is. Well, as you may or may not know, this is an important film for me. If it's not a hit, I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. This is a shout-out to my friend Kevin, because he loves cock, too. Hands off. It's important I get an idea of your size. No problem. you have the job but why don't I make sure of something this is a giant cock (laughs) now in that scene first of all the way that um, Paul Thomas Anderson um, P.T. Anderson uh, pans as, as they're doing that scene and, and you realize the actors that are in that scene, Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, uh, Burt Reynolds, John C. Riley, William H. 
Macy. Okay, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and one of um, I saw him and I thought, oh man, oh man. One of uh, was he one of uh, what is it? Oh, I, oh, Robert Downey Jr. or a senior? Sorry, he's in it too. Heather Graham, but. There was one person who was in it. Thomas Jane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boogie Nights is, is just such a it's such a moment. It's such a moment. It got, you know, you got Best Supporting Actor and Actress nomination, Best Screenplay. Should have got a Best Picture nomination. Because you know everyone in Hollywood watches porn or tries to make some. Um, that that was like a year after the Pam and Tommy Lee tape, and um, I don't think I've ever watched that. I don't think I have, to be honest with you. But I am tongue-tied because there was an actor in that. It was he in that? No, 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 no. Um. Shit. Darn it. You know how when you see an actor and you're like, oh, that's the wrong name? <laughs> it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Things happen here. Okay. This actor worked with Cassavetes. And I could be, you know, it's like that song by Pill, Public Limited, or, or you know, Public Image Limited. You know, I could be wrong, I could be right. Yeah. That's such a, may the road rise with you. Yeah. It's the 90s. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Seymour Cassell. Oh, he died. Um, I know some of you are like, duh. Old people. Shit, he was 84. He worked with um, Cassavetes. I'm trying to see. Was he in Boogie Nights? Was he in Boogie Nights? Let's see. Come on. Because then it's like, no, he wasn't shit. Shit. Because then the indie gods are like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. See what I mean about the nine? It was a dial up kind of time. The 90s were that moment where, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. If you wanted to download porn, it took you maybe a couple of days. Now, a photograph, yeah. That took 10 minutes. And then to print it out, if you had the right kind of printer. I know, I'm, I'm doing a TMI and I don't care. Because it's the 90s. The 90s were a grunge kind of time. Although grunge had already existed. Because Neil Young did it first. Okay. If you've ever heard the, the opening riff to Cinnamon Girl. That's grungy. That is before Seattle. All right. The 90s in movies, it was a very, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, it it was. It was. But you had these really great filmmakers who, you know, you had the Coen brothers. You had... Paul Thomas Anderson, you had M. Night Shalaman, Shalaman, Shalaman. Um, and then you had this. You had this movie that was just fucking genius. Came out a year before Boogie Nights.
Mr. Lundegaard, sorry to bother you again. Can I come in? Yeah, no, I'm kind of, I'm uh, kind of busy here. I understand. I'll keep it real short then. I'm on my way out of town, but I was wondering, do you mind if I sit down? Carrying a bit of a load here. No. I... Yeah, it's this vehicle I asked you about yesterday. I was just wondering. Yeah, like I told you, we haven't had any vehicles go missing. Okay. Are you sure? Because I mean, how do you know? Because he, the crime I'm investigating, the perpetrators were driving a car with dealer plates, and they called someone who works here, so it'd be quite a coincidence that they weren't, you know, connected. Yeah, I see. So, how do you... Have you done any kind of inventory recently? The car's not from our lot, ma'am. But how do you know that for sure without doing a... Well, I would know. I'm the executive sales manager. Yeah, but I understand. We run a pretty tight ship here. I know, but... Well, how do they establish that, sir? I mean, are the cars counted daily, or what kind of a routine here? Ma'am, I answered your question. I'm sorry, sir? Ma'am, I answered your question. I answered the darn... I'm cooperating here, and there, uh, there's no... Uh... Sir, you have no call to get snippy with me. I'm just doing my job here. I'm... I'm not, uh, I, I'm not arguing here. I'm cooperating. And there's no, we're doing all we can. Sir, can I talk to Mr. Gustafson? Mr. Lundy. Yeah, we both did. She went to college, too. I went to Normandale for about a year and a half. Yeah, that's where we met. But I dropped out, though. Yeah, she dropped. Yeah. So where are you girls from? Chaska. The sewer. But I went to high school in White Bear Lake. Go Bears. Okay. I want you to tell me what these fellas look like. Well, the little guy, he was kind of funny looking. In what way? I don't know, just funny looking. Can you be any more specific? I couldn't really say. He wasn't circumcised. Was he funny looking apart from that? Yeah. So, you were having sex with a little fella then? Uh-huh. Is there anything else you can tell me about him? No. Like I say, he was funny looking. More than most people, even. What about the other fella? He was a little older. You know, he looked like the Marlboro Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But maybe I'm saying that, you know, because he smoked a lot of Marlboros. Uh-huh. You know, like a subconscious type of thing. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Hey, they said they were going to the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, is that useful to you? Oh, you betcha, yeah. Yeah. If you record podcasts... So, that film, it was... You know, they they cooked up this shit that was based on a true story, and it wasn't based on a true story, but it was this dark comedy with all kinds of shit going on. Here's my favorite part. So that was Mrs. Lundegaard on the floor in there. And I guess that was your accomplice in the wood chipper. three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money. There's more to life than a little money, you know. Don't you know that? And here you are. And it's a beautiful day. So Fargo went on to win Best Screenplay Original and Best Actress for Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand has won th- four Oscars, three for acting. She, is, she will soon be tied with Catherine Hepburn 
I have a feeling. But Fargo, that's such a that's such a role. And even William H. Macy was nominated. And then a year later, a legendary actor whom we loved and we truly miss finally won his Oscar. And it was... Um, this is such a great moment. And I believe it's an ad-libbed line. Here it is. about that job. Just tell him I'm sorry. I had to go see about a girl. Well, son of a bitch stole my line. Son of a bitch stole my line. Robin Williams went on to win the Oscar. He'd been nominated, I think, five times and never won. And so, yeah, the 90s were very... I'm not even going to talk about The English Patient. Oh, shit, I just did. Oh, my God, that fucking movie. Now, there was another thing that was very big in the 90s. Very big. And it ended 24 years ago on NBC. It was probably... You know, it, it was one of the most anticipated finales. But I, I thought of that character. Whenever I think of the English patient, I think of this. So, what do you want to see? How about sack lunch? How about the English patient? It's up for all his Oscars. Oh, come on, Blaine. I mean, look at the poster for sack lunch. It's a family in a brown paper bag. Don't you want to know how they got in there? <laughs> So do you think they got shrunk down or is it just a giant sack? Why is everyone talking about the English patient? It's so romantic. God, that movie stunk. I kind of like it. No, you didn't. Elaine, did you just see the English patient? Didn't you love it? No. How could you not love that movie? How about it sucked? It sucked. That made me. I would give up my firstborn for him. What a sick bitch. You're that stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for sack lunch. It's good, right? Yeah, good. Hey, what are you guys doing here? We just saw the English patient again. It's even better the second time. I make it longer? <laughs> Because the English patient made such a fucking stink, at, and it really did, at the Oscars. You know, oh, will you bury me in our garden? And he didn't fucking come back for her for years. The fuck? Anyway, I agree with Elaine. See, that's how I feel with Adele's 30 album. Everyone loves it, and I'm like, it sucks. And people give me shit because I don't like it. Seriously? You're going to do a song called I Drink Wine? What the fuck? I know I'm going off on a tangent, but hey. She hadn't had a hit since 21. And and don't give me the, oh, 
Well, Easy on Me was such a great song. It was a divorce album. Then go get a divorce. Are you ready to go? Yes, please, please, let's go. <laughs> We're in the mood for a cheeseburger. No, we gotta go to the soup place. What soup place? Uh, there's a soup stand. Kramer's been going there. He's always raving. I finally got a chance to go there the other day, and I tell you this, you will be stunned. Stunned by soup? You can't eat this soup standing up. Your knees buckle. <laughs> there's only one caveat. The guy who runs the place is a little temperamental, especially about the ordering procedure. He's secretly referred to as the soup Nazi. <laughs> Why? What happens if you don't order right? He yells and you don't get your soup. Just follow the ordering procedure and you will be fine. All right, all right, let's, let's go over that again. All right. As you walk in the place, move immediately to your right. <laughs> the main thing is to keep the line moving. Right, so you hold out your money, speak your soup in a loud, clear voice, step to the left and receive. So, right. It's very important not to embellish on your order. No extraneous comments. No questions. No compliments. Oh, boy, I'm really scared. Elaine. <laughs> Medium turkey chili. <laughs> Medium crab bisque. <laughs> I didn't get any bread. Just forget it. Let it go. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I think you forgot my bread. Bread? Two dollars extra. Two dollars? But everyone in front of me got free bread. You want bread? Yes, please. Three dollars! <laughs> afternoon one large crab bisque to go red beautiful you're pushing your luck little man sorry thank you thank you hey there um uh... Malagatani and um, what is that right there? Is that lima bean? Yes. Never been a big fan. <laughs> um, you know what? Does, has anyone ever told you look exactly like Al Pacino? You know, scent of a woman. <laughs> Very good. Very good. You know something? Nothing for you. <laughs> Sister, you're on deck. Sheila. Hey. Uh-oh. What is this? You're kissing in my line? Nobody kisses in my line. I can kiss anywhere. Alexandra Wentworth. How dare you? Come on, Jerry, we're leaving. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Do I know you? Oh, shit. From yourself, from your soup. How can I tolerate any less from my customer? Despacho, por favor. Por favor? Don't <laughs> Spanish. Adios, muchacho. <laughs> Get out! But I didn't do anything. Ana Gastar. Oh, shit. Best moment in the, in the series. You think you can get soup? Please, you're wasting everyone's time. Wow. I don't want soup. I can make my own soup. Five cups, chopped porcini mushrooms, half a cup of olive oil, three pounds celery. That is my recipe for wild mushroom. Yeah, that's right. I got them all. Cold cucumber, corn and crab chowder, mulligatani. Mulligatani. You're through, soup Nazi. <laughs> that's the 90s but wait a minute there's more when I think of the 90s and I think of this mm, this light who recently was assaulted 
You know where I'm going with this shit. You know where I'm going. This is my hotel. A while ago on my way here. And uh, I got in the elevator, right? I'm getting in the elevator. And these two high school white boys tried to get on with me. And I just dove off. I'm saying, y'all ain't killing me. <laughs> I am scared of young white boys. If you white and under 21, I am running for the hills. What the hell is wrong with these white kids shooting up the school? They don't even wait till 3 o'clock either. <laughs> Killing people in the morning, that ain't right. It's a trench coat mafia. The we, no one would play with us. We had no friends in the trench coat mafia. Hey, I saw the yearbook picture. It was six of them. I ain't have six friends in high school. I don't got six friends now. Shit, that's three on three with a half court. What the hell is wrong with these kids? I got people telling me, come on, Chris, come up to a school, talk to the kids. I'm like, fuck the kids. <laughs> Do you got a vest? Maybe I'll think about it. And everybody want to know what the kids was listening to. And what, what kind of music was they listening to? Or what kind of movies was they watching? Who gives a fuck what they was watching? <laughs> Whatever happened to crazy? <laughs> what happened to crazy? Well, you can't be crazy no more. Do we eliminate crazy from the dictionary? Fuck the record. Fuck the movie. Crazy. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to separate the crazy kids from everybody. When I was a kid, the crazy kids went to school on a little-ass bus. <laughs> they had a class at the end of the school, and they used to get out of school at 2.30. Just in case they went crazy, they would only hurt other crazy kids. We was all safe. We was all safe. Then the world coming to an end. <laughs> world coming to an end. You're going to have little white kids saying, I want to go to a black school where it's safe. That's right, man. And everybody talking about gun control. Got to get rid of the guns. Fuck that. I like guns. You got a gun. You don't have to work out. <laughs> I ain't working out. I ain't jogging. You got pecs? I got pecs. Oh, that shit. You don't need no gun control. You know what you need? We need some bullet control. We need to, make, we need to control the bullets. That's right. I think all bullets should cost $5,000. $5,000 for a bullet. You know why? Because if a bullet costs $5,000, there'll be no more innocent bystanders. Yeah. shot be like, damn, he must have did something. Should they put $50,000 worth the bullets in his ass? <laughs> and people are think before they kill somebody if a bullet costs $5,000. Man, I would blow your fucking head off if I could afford it. <laughs> I'm gonna get me another job. I'm gonna start saving some money. And you a dead man. You better hope I can't get no bullets on layaway. So even if you get shot by a straight bullet, you won't have to go to no doctor to get it taken out. Whoever shot you will take their bullet back. I believe you got my property. That's right, man. See, everybody, everybody blame the kids is fucking crazy and everybody want to be mad at the kids for shooting up the school. What about the parents? The parents. The parents is really fucked up, man. The damn parents need to go to jail for some of this fucking shit, man. You know, that... <laughs>
That's the 90s. That is if if I mean let's let's just pretend this is a film right now. It's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Of course we would have Chris Rock narrate it. Because Chris Rock has been through a lot of shit. And when he was a kid in the 90s and now in 2022, after getting slapped by Will Smith. And we always begin, I think, and end with Chris Rock because the humor. He basically is an amalgamation of George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Paul Mooney, uh, Red Fox. It's, it's all in there. It's that observational humor. He's talking about how a bullet should cost $5,000. That's really how he would solve uh, gun control. Okay. So... We've gone down memory lane here. I once got in trouble. I think I've talked about this. I was getting bullied in drama class. And this kid called me the, uh, called me a faggot. And I said, go get your fucking salad toss. And because I'd watched Chris Rock, you know, and Chris Rock was teaching me new words. And the guy's like, what, motherfucker? And he smacked me in the head. And I think I picked up a chair as a barricade and he took it to the principal as evidence and the principal was like oh just watch your mouth that was it that was it he didn't ask where did you hear someone getting their salad tossed it was the 90s it really was yeah so as always unpleasant dreams go get your salad tossed